Well, Merry Christmas. Hey, you made it. That's excellent. And I don't mean just you made it to church, though I'm glad you did. But I mean, you've made it to Christmas. You know, too often Christmas has become a time when we overcommit ourselves to a never-ending list of things we have to do. And there's the, the decorating and putting up the tree and sending out Christmas cards and shopping for family and fighting the traffic on Woodruff Road and uh, cooking and parties and family get-togethers and the list goes on and on and on, right? I mean, have I stressed you out yet? Yes. You know, Lisa told me just, just the other day, she was out somewhere, I don't remember where it was, but she said, Keith, I, I believe she said it was three different people at different times while she was out that day, said, I'll just be glad when Christmas is over. Maybe she was listening to some of you, I don't know. Perhaps you've said that, or at least perhaps you've thought that. I'll just be glad when Christmas is over. And I understand because we run ourselves down physically and emotionally and mentally. And then on top of all of that, you had to get up early this morning, let the kids open their presents, and then hurry and get to church. I mean, my goodness, isn't it strange how stressful Christmas can be? Max Licato said, it's strange how a season of peace so often becomes a season of panic. But could I take you back to a simpler time? A time when there was no stress to make sure the greeting cards were out on time. A time when there was no pressure to decorate the house. A time when there were no worries about how you're going to pay for all of the gifts. Let's go back to a simpler time. A time when the sole focus on that first Christmas was a precious baby in the arms of his mother. Luke chapter 2 says it this way. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Just by looking at those two verses, I want you to make sure that you remember that the first Christmas gift ever given was given by God to us. Oh, now that would have been a great place for you to put an amen, so I want to give you another chance. The first Christmas gift ever given was given by God to us. And we come today to celebrate that. We come today to rejoice in that. You see, that first Christmas gift ever given was, was not wrapped in shiny paper. It was wrapped in what the King James Version calls swaddling clothes. I know in our world today, this time of year, December 25th, when it finally gets here, the, the pressure to make that day a success causes us to lose our joy over what that day represents. But Luke tells us in crystal clear language what the day represents. So if you have your Bible, go to Luke chapter 2 and the last several Sundays, we've been working our way through Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. And so today we come to Luke chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 6 through 20. Right now, I just want to focus on verses 6 and 7. Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. I know we've got it on the screen, but I'd like for you to have it also in your hand. And, and here's what it says in verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn. A son, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Uh, this was a simpler time, wasn't it? 
time when there, there wasn't the stress of, of holiday parties or the stress of buying gifts or the stress of fighting traffic or the stress of trying to make Christmas a success. This was a simpler time when there was a baby in the arms of his mother. And it wasn't just a baby. You know that. It was more than just a baby. But I love the fact that when Luke wrote this, look at what it says up here. While we're there, the time came for the baby to be born. I love the fact that Luke emphasizes this was a baby. I saw a tweet recently that said, A thousand times in history, a baby became a king, but only one time in history did a king become a baby. Isn't that good? You see, in our world today, our world filled with important people, have you ever noticed how important people tend to associate with other important people? They kind of seek each other out. Important people run in the circles of other important people. And when someone who is greater than us humbles themselves and we see something that they did and they humbled themselves before us, it becomes a powerful gesture we're amazed sometimes when we see somebody humble themselves, somebody that's important, somebody that's powerful, somebody that's great. We're amazed that we see them humble themselves. A person of such stature, a person of such standing, how they did something like they did. It's just amazing to see someone humble themselves like that. And that's what makes, my, makes me shake my head in disbelief at this thought. God in a manger. God in a manger. God in a manger. It doesn't make sense. I've been thinking about that for weeks now. It doesn't make sense. There's no logical or rational explanation for laying Jesus in a dirty feeding trough. Unless, unless the manger had a purpose. I mean, why else would someone of the stature and the status of God do such a thing? Why would Jesus be born in a stable or a cave, whatever it was? And then why does Luke give us this interesting detail? That this baby was wrapped him in, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. Well, in order to understand the manger, I'm convinced you have to understand who came to see him. In the manger. It's significant that the very first people to hear about the birth of Jesus were shepherds. It's no accident that God picked shepherds to first see his son in human form. After all, Jesus would later make this announcement in John 10 11 I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And then that's exactly what we all need. We all need a shepherd, we all need a good shepherd. So who came to see the good shepherd but shepherds? And remember what Isaiah said. The prophet Isaiah said, We all like sheep have gone astray. We all like sheep have gone astray, and each has turned to his own way. We need a shepherd. So God took the initiative. And on that very first Christmas day, God did the unexpected. He humbled himself in a way that even common shepherds could understand. Let's just read about it in the text. I think you'll see what I'm talking about. Beginning in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, what I'd like for you to do is just take a moment and compare verse 11 with verse 12. It's almost like they don't go together. In in verse 11, verse 11 is so regal, it is so majestic, it is so prophetic. Look at verse 11. Today in the town of David, a, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ. The Lord, it is regal, it is majestic, it is powerful, it is prophetic. Today a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. But then look at verse 12, it's just the opposite. Verse 12 is so simple and humble and and plain. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Those two verses don't seem to quite go together. unless, Unless the manger had a purpose. You see, the greatest baby ever born was was in the lowest of conditions. And that can't be an accident. I'm convinced that was no accident that Mary placed the baby in the manger. I'm convinced that was not coincidence. You see, verse 12 says that the manger was more than a feeding trough. It was a sign to lowly shepherds. Do you see that in verse 12? Maybe you've never noticed this before. This will be a sign to you. And the angel didn't say that to the wise men. The angel said this to shepherds. This will be a sign to you. You, shepherds, will find a baby in cloths and lying in something you're very familiar with. You will find this baby... Lying in a manger. Shepherds knew what a manger was. Shepherds were familiar with a barn or a stable. It was familiar territory to a shepherd. The smell was familiar to them. A manger was familiar to them. That's what made this good news so good. If you look at the text again, I want you to underline a couple of words. This will be a sign To you, you might want to underline those words, to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And in verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16, so they hurried off. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby. And again, we're told, who is lying in a manger. You need to understand in this day and time, shepherds were were very low on the totem pole in the Jewish society. By this day and time, they they were very low in, in society as far as their status. You see... In this day and time, shepherds were considered unclean by religious people of their day. They they would not be allowed in the temple area. They could not do the ceremonial cleansing. They lived with the animals. They were considered unclean. They would not have been allowed in the temple area. So had Jesus been born in a temple, they would have understood that. 
Or had he been born in a palace, they would have understood that, and they would have assumed that he was out of their reach. So Jesus begins his earthly life by welcoming in the people that others would have overlooked and excluded. He begins by reaching out to those others see as outcasts. You see, the baby in a manger was a sign that God's love is for all people. Maybe you're like the shepherds. Maybe you have experienced your share of closed doors and rejection or condemnation. It could be that you've done a lot of things that, that were wrong. Maybe you've made some mistakes. Maybe, you, maybe you've made some things you wish you'd never done. And, and, or maybe you've gone looking for love and acceptance in the wrong kind of places. Can I tell you that you're the kind of people got, that Jesus came for? You're the kind of people that he's interested in? And those that others would have excluded from the birth of Jesus, he welcomed. In fact, they were the first ones invited to come to see him. There's a great theological lesson in your vacuum cleaner, if you'll just look for it. Ladies, if you'll follow this story real closely, you might be able to get your husband to do some work next week. You just tell him, it's time for you to go do your devotions. Here's the vacuum cleaner. Let me explain what I'm talking about. A couple of days ago, uh, I was vacuuming, and uh, the vacuum cleaner, you know, we got, a, we got a shark. By the way, that's like the best in my book. You know, if you, I just like, I love to vacuum now because we got a shark. Before, I didn't care about, but now I, I, I enjoy vacuuming. I say, hey, you want me to vacuum? I'll go vacuum. I, and so I, I love to use my shark vacuum cleaner. And I was vacuuming, and, and, and it, I noticed it didn't pick up something. So here's what I did. I bet you've done this. Here's what I did. I stopped, went around, picked it up, brought it back over, set it down in front of the vacuum cleaner, and gave it another chance. You've done that, haven't you? You were vacuuming, it didn't pick something up, so you stopped, turned it off, walked around, picked it up, put it in front of the vacuum cleaner, and gave it another chance. That's exactly what God does. Christmas is God saying, to give you another chance. Will it give you another chance? You see, Christmas is God's invitation to a new beginning. The baby in the manger was simply God saying, regardless of how you've been rejected, regardless of how damaged you are, regardless of how dirty you may have gotten, Jesus has not given up on you. And when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, God was taking the initiative to deal with your sin. When Jesus was placed in a manger, God was showing that the door is open to everyone and anyone. He wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born in a temple. He was born in a stable, and he was placed in a manger, something that the shepherds would recognize, something that they could identify with, because God wanted to say to the world, this is open to anyone and to everyone. In fact, that's exactly what the angel said. If we just read the text... It's exactly how the angel describes it in verse 10 and 11. The angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you, what's that next phrase? I bring you what? Great news, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
all the people. I bring you good news. As for all the people, even you shepherds. I bring you good news. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, the good news of Jesus keeps getting better because the bad news of the world keeps getting worse. I bring you good news, the angel said. And here's the good news. I want everybody to make sure you see this. We're going to put it on the screen as well. He says, here's, what, here's the good news. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. It's an important title, descriptive phrase, a Savior. If you've ever sinned against God, you need a Savior. If you've ever sinned against God, you need a Savior. Theologian N.T. Wright said, Christmas is the moment when God launched a divine rescue mission for those who needed a Savior. See, only God can forgive sins against God. And that's why God sent the eternal Son of God into the world. God is the only one who can forgive sins against God. That's why a Savior was born, a rescuer. The Savior who is, look at this next phrase, who is Christ. The word Christ is, is the English for the Christos, and it, and it means the anointed one, which is the meaning of the word Messiah. The anointed one, the, the long-awaited, predicted, long-predicted, long-awaited, anointed one. The final anointed king, the final anointed prophet, the final priest. In him, all the promises of God are fulfilled. Here is the Messiah. Here is the Christ. Here is the one in whom all the promises of the Old Testament are now fulfilled. I bring you good news. Good news of a Savior, a Rescuer. Good news that the Anointed One is here. Good news, not only is He Christ, but He's also the Lord. The Lord means the Ruler, the Sovereign, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Lord of the universe. God in a manger. God in a manger. This Christmas, God has a gift for you with your name on it. But just like the gifts that you perhaps received this morning, it's a gift that you have to receive. It's a gift that you have to claim. You're, you see, your sin and my sin was just too serious for us to try to do away with it through religion. That's never going to work. Matthew one twenty one, the angel said, You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It took Jesus pouring out his life on the cross to pay the death penalty for the sin so that he could rescue you. No amount of religion can remove sin. No amount of doing good can undo the bad that you've done. We need a rescuer. We need a deliverer. Jesus becomes your Savior when you grab hold of him with hope and with faith and say these two words. In faith, in faith, I accept your gift. That's why you've been given the opportunity today to, to finally make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. He was born so that he could die in your place. And this could be the day that changes everything. This could be the day that changes your eternity. 
This could be the day that makes everything different. And on this day, when we celebrate His coming to earth, He could come into your life. I was reading this week a story. Very interesting story. In fact, I'd encourage you to go look it up. Christianity Today, don't look it up right now. Christianity Today tells the story of Kirsten Powers, who is a, uh, an anchor or, 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 or a uh, newswoman for, Kurt, for uh, CNN. Kirsten Powers, CNN. It's the story of her salvation, how she became a Christian. Uh, she started off early in life just enjoying Christmas. From, she lived in a divided family. She said, Christmas for me was awesome because my parents was divorced, which meant that we got to go through Christmas twice. She said, I, I got to go to my mom's house and my dad's house and just kind of have Christmas twice. And she said, so as a little kid, I loved Christmas. And, and she said, I, I had a kind of a nominal faith in Christ to, but really wasn't a Christian. And then fast forward the story. She said, when I came to my college years, I came to a crisis of faith, a crisis of belief. And I came to the unhappy conclusion, she said, that God wasn't real. She said, I confided in my dad, who I thought was a Christian, and he confided in me that he had come to the conclusion that God didn't exist. So she said, so I was really shocked and didn't, my world just kind of fell apart at that time, she said, because the, my father who I looked up to was telling me there was no God. And if my father felt like there was no God, there must not be a God. And so she walked away from religion. She walked away, declared herself an atheist. And for many, many years, she, she said, all my friends were atheists. I worked in Washington, D.C. All my friends were atheists. And she said, uh, I was still not married and, and I had one rule. When people tried to set me up with somebody on a date, my one rule was this, no religious people. I'm not going to date a religious guy. She said, so somebody set me up on a blind date. They didn't tell me that he was a Presbyterian. She said, but in my mind, I'm thinking, well, Presbyterian is probably not that good, so he's not that bad. So. I'm just saying what she said, all right? Make sure I get that clear. I'm just saying what she said. She said, though, but this was, a, again, this is what she said. She said, this was a different kind of Presbyterian because a few months into the relationship, he asked me this question, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? And she explained to him that she was an atheist. She had no intention of doing that. And he said, well, you need to understand, I could never marry someone who's not a Christian. So she decided, because she liked him, she decided to start going to church with him. She said, I, you know, I didn't... I didn't think it would be that bad because, again, in her mind, she, she didn't think that Presbyterians, for whatever reason, did a whole lot. So she said, what I didn't know was that his pastor was Tim Keller. And she said, Tim Keller is the most evangelistic Presbyterian I'd ever heard of. And he consistently shared the gospel through his preaching, consistently telling her, her through the Bible about God's love and God's mercy and God's redemption and to fast forward the story, eventually she came to faith in Christ. She, she got to that point where she said, you know, I just tried to have an open mind. And I just tried to figure it all out. And then I finally came to that point where I decided I, I was going to place my faith in Christ. She said, when I looked at all the evidence, it, it just seemed to all tilt toward Jesus. Now, I want to read to you what the last paragraph of that story. 
She said, God didn't, God didn't just condescend to come to earth as human. He came as a helpless infant. The king of kings was born amid barnyard animals and piles of hay after his lowly parents were turned away from better lodging. When the magi came to see the Lord, there was no security on hand to judge whether they were worthy. And listen to the sentence. The Messiah was approachable. The Messiah was approachable. See, that's the lesson of the shepherds. That's why Luke says, she placed him in a manger. And the first people to hear about Jesus were shepherds, the lowest in society. And the angel said, I've got good news that is for all people. Even those that society has kind of pushed to the sides. Even those that others would have excluded, God has invited. Don't you love that? Those that others have excluded, God has invited. The Messiah is approachable. You see, He was both one of us, and at the same time, God with us. And yet, God in a manger, God in a manger was approachable. Could it be that this Christmas, God is inviting you to Him? I want you to look at this last picture. This is how badly God wants to help you. God in a manger. This is how badly God wants to change your life. This is how badly you need Him. This is how badly you need a rescuer. Because without Him, you and I have no hope. God in a manger. God is approachable. And I love the fact that shepherds were the first to see the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. Isn't that great? The Lamb of God was born who would take away the sins of the world and the people invited to see it first were shepherds. Do you feel excluded? You feel like you've done too much, gone too far. God wouldn't want anything to do with you. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. You bow with me as we pray. Just a moment. Dave's going to sing a song, and as he's singing, I'm going to be standing down front. This is your opportunity to respond to what God has said to you. Some of you, perhaps, your, your, your heart's just racing right now because you know this whole thing of God in a manger, God inviting you, God is approachable. You know that God's inviting you right now to receive Christ as your Savior. I want you to do that. And I know that maybe you're here for the first time. 
and, and it feels uncomfortable and you're unsure, just, just let me assure you, if you'll just come to where I am, I will introduce you to Jesus Christ, and we will not embarrass you at all. All you need to do is take that very first step and say yes to Jesus. Others, Christians, maybe you just want to come and pray and say, God, I want to thank you so much that when I didn't deserve it, when I felt like you were unapproachable, you invited me, even me. Maybe you just come and give him thanksgiving on this Christmas day. Father, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, I thank you that we can trust today that God in a manger came for us. That God in a manger came so that he could be God on a cross dying for our sins. And may we place our faith in you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.